Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. I have something I just want to share. It's, it's really not my message, but I just had it come up in my heart. So let's take a little intermission, but if maybe you can play a little softly behind me. Um, I sense as if God's doing something, and I, I want to be very mindful of what that may be. Um, we don't want to waste anything. You can be seated. Uh, for those of you who may be listening to podcasts, where are you tonight? You need to get your face in this place. Go over to to Luke 3. Luke 3. Just a a little intermission. Sometimes you got to get in the river. In Luke 3, Jesus gets in the river. And it says, now when all the people were baptized, what is baptism? It's a full immersion in water. It's, it's not a sprinkling. It's a, a full immersion. And, you know, sometimes and when we come to church, we'll have the singing portion of the service. Um, and I'm very mindful on Sunday morning Um, what God has instructed us to do. I was telling Pastor Chase the other day over at our Highland Colony campus, um, I don't create the church I want to create. I'm, I'm very mindful that I am given a task and an assignment from the Lord, and so I create the church He wants me to create for different locations and different places. And one of the neat things to me is how each one of those places and locations takes on something different. Um, But so like on Sundays, I'll often say, because we have so many new people, uh, the singing portion of the service, because if you're brand new to church, you don't understand all these things. Uh, you, don't, you don't understand, let's worship. Well, what does that even mean? Or the anointing, well, what does that even mean? And so we want to start people where they are and not make them come up to where we are, but help them pull them up, teach them up, train them up. Uh, but oftentimes what worship and praise is designed to do is, is to get you in the water, Um, to get you into a place where God can begin to speak to your heart. And praise, a lot of times, like what we sang the first song, praise is not the fast music. Uh, It's a a song of victory. What we just did was praise. Before that was worship. That's devotion. Singing to the Lord, I surrender. That's devotion. Each one has different functions. Um, it's, It's praise will till the soul. Worship will wet it but all of its design to produce is to get the seed in the ground. 
And the seed can't get in the ground if the, worship, if, the, if the ground is not tilled, broken. And if it's not wet and watered, the seed will never bear fruit. And the Holy Spirit is constantly trying to sow seeds in us. Direction, instruction, visions, dreams. We underestimate the side of the Holy Spirit. Um, we, we said this. Uh, I think it was last week. God doesn't give instruction for the sake of instruction. Um, so when he tells you forgive, that's not instruct, just instruction. Give, that's not just instruction. Come to church, that's not just instruction. It's guidance. Instruction tells you to do something. Guidance tells you to do something to take you somewhere. And the Holy Spirit is our guide. And when he speaks to your heart, it's because he's trying to take you to those open doors. And this is what it's all to get that in us, to, to get the, the guidance of the Spirit, to get the leading, the prompting of the Spirit on what to do next, to get vision from the Spirit, to get dreams from the Spirit. And I'm, I'm not just talking about when you go to sleep dreams. I'm talking about the Lord showing you things to come. Um, it's it's the, when, when God took Abraham up on the mountain after he separated himself from Lot, he told him, lift up your eyes from the place where you are and see. And we're in a, se a season of seeing where we are entering into something new, where you are entering into something new. But in order for you to enter it, you have to see it. You have to contend for it. And you can't contend for it in prayer if you don't know what you're contending for. And so God's got to put you in position to see it. Um, and to be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that can come through when you're sleeping, having a dream. Um, but it's the Holy Spirit working with your imagination, giving you desires, longings. Things, um, assignments that you are to create, things that you're supposed to do. An example of this would be Hebrews 12. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him. There's something he saw ahead of him, a joy, a joy ahead of him. And this is what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in, in, in moments like this. He's trying to open up the ground. Um, to get you back over into a place where he can get dreams in you, guidance in you, instruction in you, vision in you. Because I, I want to show you something from God's word. Now, when all the people were baptized, a full immersion of water. That brings me back to my point before my rabbit trail just then. A lot of times in worship, it's a sprinkling. But there are other times where God wants an immersion. Well, why? Watch what happens in baptism. Jesus was also baptized, fully immersed. And while he was praying and being fully immersed, notice heaven was opened. So when you get fully immersed over in the Spirit, fully immersed over in the things of God, heaven will open over you. And watch what happens in the water. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him, like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So here you see, in the immersion came the speaking. 
in the immersion came the leading. You see this too over in Acts chapter 13, when they set themselves apart from the world to get before the Lord with fasting and prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke unto them. See, when you're immersed, when you're fully set aside to immerse, most people in most churches, they wouldn't know how in the world to worship God for an hour in church. You went 59 minutes before you were seated. Well, well, what is that? That's, it, it, the Lord's trying to do something. It's an immersion. Well, why? He's trying to speak something. Anytime the power of the Lord is present, find out what it's there for. Sometimes it's there to heal. Sometimes it's there to deliver. But sometimes it's there for God to speak. There's something he wants spoken into you. Now here, what he wanted to speak in the life of Jesus when heaven opens with this full immersion is you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But I want you to watch what happens here. Uh, in Luke chapter 4, uh, he's led over into the wilderness right after this moment. Verse, verse number 1, Luke 4 and 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. Now watch this. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God. Now watch this. Do you see? If you are the Son of God. Go back over to chapter 3. Um, verse number 22. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the bodily form of a dove, and a voice came and said, You are my beloved Son. I'll go back to, to chapter 4, verse 3. If you are the Son. Now, do you see what's happening in the dry season? In the dry season, the devil is coming for the word that the Lord spoke in the wet season. And you can't, allow, you can't allow the devil to steal in the desert what God gave to you in the river. We could go home now. You can't allow the, dev the devil to take from you in the desert what God gave you in the river. And we all go through desert seasons in our walk with the Lord. Maybe some of you feel like you're in one, in one right now. Welcome to the water. Welcome back to the water. But in a, a desert season, you're being taxed. You're without the, the reign of God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't feel near to you. God's Word doesn't feel... You're reading the Word and it's, 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 it's dry. It's not speaking to you like it once spoke to you. Uh, things aren't being imprinted into your heart. In fact, there's more coming out of your heart than being put in it. And you're in this place where it's a taxing. Jesus here is in the wilderness. He's in a desert. And what's happening? He's being tempted. And some of you have been tempted. That's what this whole series has been about, a wilderness. He's been tempted. He's being uh, tempted to, to walk outside of God's will for his life. He's being tempted to lower his standards, turn this stone into bread. I know God's told you to fast, but it's okay. He'll let you off this time. Lower his standards. Um, there's this a strong temptation to yield to the flesh. There's a strong temptation to, with the flesh, make himself impressive. Um, and all of these other types of things that are leading him uh, and trying to pull him further and further away uh, from God's will and over further into a drier season. And I, I just sense like that's, that's one of the things that God wanted to do tonight is to take you back to the river. 
where the Holy Spirit can remind you of what He spoke to you in past rivers, where the Holy Spirit can remind you that He still has a plan for your life. There is still an assignment for your life. And you may have gone through a dry desert season, but you can't allow the devil to take in the desert what God gave you in the river. And and God is trying to take you back there to get you in a place where you are underneath the, the river of the Lord underneath the the guidance of the Spirit, underneath uh, the the worship of the living God and coming to a place where you are are captivated by Him. Maria said something during worship. Man, it struck a chord in me. She said the the Lord wouldn't want a distracted bride. (laughs) You think about that. I've only been married once. It's the only time I plan on being married. But I can remember my bride walking, walking down a hill we got married in my mom's backyard. We were dating for a couple of months, and my wife came to me. She said, what if we got married in a week? Our wedding date was like six more months. She's like, what if we got married in a week next week? I'm like, I'm game if you are. <laughs> Nothing's stopping this train. Uh, and so we arranged it. Um, our whole wedding cost less than $1,000, the whole thing. Dress, cake, food, everything. And we got married in my mom's backyard. Kenny the catfish man did the um, uh, wedding reception. And Kathy Carter made the cake. Um, and out of that, it was, it was just something. I can remember watching my wife come down that, that, that hill with her father and just thinking about how lucky of a man I was, how blessed I was. And I can remember my wife coming down and us, you know, saying our vows. I can only imagine if like during that moment, my bride was distracted, looking away from me. I can't imagine if she was looking to be in a relationship with something else. If there was somebody else there that held more, more of her attention than me. Well, see, the Lord's a jealous God. Amen. And out of that, we have these dry seasons where everything is pulling our attention away. goes back to what we were talking about this morning. Of we have all of these other things that just pull for our attention. So bothered and so captivated by all these things. The riches of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. The pride of life. The lust of other things. They enter into our hearts and they choke the word. Because it takes us out of the river and puts us back in the desert. And we're in this place where, where there's no root in ourselves. We've got these trees we just planted. They're growing so good, they get a lot of water. The roots are going down deep. And they've got the light of the sun, but the water from the rain. And when you're in this place where you have the, the light of Jesus in your life and the, the water of the Holy Spirit, something will take root in you. It goes down deeper. And it enables more growth. But, but, but Satan wants to come in and, and put a shadow over you where you're not getting the light from the sun anymore. And get your roots so shallow that you have no support system in you. And you're at this place where there's just no nourishment from the Spirit coming to you. And it's just church. And it's just, it's just a, a reading. But it's all dry. 
There's no life to it. There's no, there's no watering to it. It's a little sprinkle here or there, or a little message that maybe makes you cry, and you're thinking about it for 20 minutes, and you go back to all the distractions, and you forget what the Lord ever spoke to you. It's Mark 4. It's the parable of the sower. Jesus said, if you don't understand Mark 4, he said, you won't understand a thing in the world I say after this. He said, it's all about the word. God is trying to get his word in your heart. And he's not talking about this. you got to remember, when this was written, when Jesus hadn't written this yet, Mark 4, they, they weren't reading Mark 4. They were hearing Jesus. And the word that he's talking about there is, yes, you need this hidden in your heart, but the New Testament did not exist yet. When he says the thief comes for the word, he's talking about in your secret place, in the river, God spoke to you some things. God led you some things. God gave you some vision. God gave you some dreams. God made you some promises. God put some things in your heart. He put instruction in your heart. He even put correction in your heart. But once again, his correction is guidance. It's trying to take you somewhere. And all these things he puts in our hearts. But the thief comes immediately for that word. And he uses these desert seasons. Where, where the word is not rich in our life and worship is not rich in our life and we're going through the motions of our Christianity instead of having a, a, captive, a captivate, being a captivated bride for our Lord of like, speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord, when I'm reading this in worship. Speak to me, Lord. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, incredibly Pentecostal and charismatic church, and we would have services um, a lot of times that would just like the old Pentecostal term would be soaking services. And I'm more of an, uh, of an analytical thinker than I am an emotional feeler. And so I'm like, can we do the teaching services, like the evangelistic services? Like, let's, let's see some people born again. But I tell you, the older I get, the more I see faulty thinking in me with some things. We need more soaking services. I read the other day about these ferns. I'm, I like husbandry. I'm terrible at it though. I like keeping plants alive and whatnot, uh, but I care about it. I genuinely enjoy looking at it. I read about this fern. They said, you want to keep your ferns alive, dunk it. They say, take the fern and just dunk it completely in water and then pull it out of the water but let it get fully saturated in order for it to, to be developed and for it to come fully alive. It needs a dunking. And, and what is the soaking service? A soaking service, like we just had, of being in worship for an hour, it's like, well, what good did that do? Well, number one, a lot. Sometimes in faith, things can happen in a moment of faith that have a lifetime of consequence. Amen. Things can happen in a moment of faith that have a lifetime of consequence. Just ask the woman with the issue of blood. Just a moment of faith, touching out and touching the hem of his garment. For life she was changed. So one, just the faith of, him, of us singing, he's making all things new. You have no idea what one moment of faith could have for a lifetime of consequence for the good. Sometimes you just got to send the praisers out. Uh, like Jehoshaphat, and let the Lord fight your battles for you in making it new. So that's for one. But even if that wasn't the case, which it is, but even if it wasn't, what good does worshiping an hour do? Well, I'll tell you what it does. It soaks you. And it gets the ground soft enough for the seed of God's Spirit to put some things back in your heart. Uh, to remind you. This, isn't this amazing? One of the primary benefits of the Holy Spirit is he will remind you of what God has spoken to you. 
And I just sense like some of you, you went through a dry season and you absolutely have given up on what God spoke to you over, what he put in your heart. And in that dry desert season, the thief came for the word God put in you. This is my beloved son. Are you the son? Are you beloved? If you were beloved, why are you going through this? If you were beloved, why did the Holy Spirit lead you in this direction where you're being tested on all sides? What do you mean, beloved? Look at you. You're out here. You, you haven't even seen a miracle. Look at you. You're starting your ministry in a wilderness. There's been no miracle. There's been no water to wine. Look at you. Give up on God. Give up on obedience. Give up on consecration. Just eat. I know God told you to fact. Just eat. He comes for the word. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let him have what God has spoken to my heart. And if I got to soak, I'll soak. And if I got to create an environment where the spirit can speak by getting in the water, I'm going to get in the water more and more and more and more. And I'm not just going to wait for Sunday nights to get in the water. Monday morning, I'll get in the water. Tuesday, I'll get in the water. I'll get in the water on the way to work by, by listening to some music and singing along with it and saying, God, like I yield to your spirit. Why? Because in the, in the water, in the water, which is symbolic of the Spirit, heaven opens. And when heaven opens, God begins to speak and sow seeds into her heart. And I genuinely feel as if, for, this was not the message, I genuinely feel like for so many of you, God wants to do a new thing. But so much of that new thing that he's doing is an old thing he spoke to you about. That in this season, it's like it's becoming new. Because I, I just hear this phrase in my heart even as I'm saying this. It's like it's born again. It's like it's born again. Whereas before you went after that and it looked like it failed, God is, is, is bearing it again, bringing it forth again and putting it in your heart. How many of you know with Moses, God, God made his dream be born again? He had a dream in his heart at 40 years old. He tried to do it in the flesh and went through a wilderness, a dry season. And, and Satan came for that word and took out of his heart what God spoke to him in the river. He took out of his heart in that desert what God spoke to him in a river. And God had to light up a bush and say, I am not done with you, Moses. I'm not done with you. And when Moses had a moment where he turned aside to see the bush, God spoke to him and put that dream back in his heart. And it was a new dream, but really it wasn't. It was a dream that was always there. But in that moment, God made not only Moses be born again, God made a dream be born again. And he said, Moses, this dream is still for you. And at 80 years old, he did what he should have done at 40 years old. But how many of you know, God can move mountains no matter how old you are. Are, no matter how young you are, God can come and do anything through you. He just needs people who can see it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Say this with me. Say, I'm not going to allow the devil to take in the desert what God spoke in the river. Amen. No, we're not. No, we're not. I think that's that. Amen. We don't have to preach all night. Amen. Say that with me again. Say, I'm not going to allow the devil to take in the desert what God spoke to me in the river.